Welcome to the Hashtag Call to Scene podcast, the show focused on the strategic disruption of the status quo in technical organizations, communities, and events. Hello, everyone, and welcome to today's episode of the Hashtag Call to Scene podcast. This is a guest that I've been um, excited about. I um, actually, she was on stage and I don't think she actually gotten off stage before I sent a DM saying, hey, you need to come on the show. <laughs> so um, she was on stage at 2019 um, JS Confie U, and I'd like everyone to welcome CJ. CJ, could you please introduce yourself? Hi, my name's CJ Silverio. I'm an over 50 woman in tech, which is a rare breed, I'm told. I'm shocked because uh, tech is a really fun place to be, but I think I understand why we're rare in tech. Um, I've You probably know me from JavaScript package management, but I had a career before that, and I'm having a career after that. All right. So we're going to dive all into that. This conversation, I'm anticipating everyone to um, kind of meander. Um, and you know, that's how I do it. I figure things all out. Right. The, this one of these veterans. This is a, a woman over 50 in tech. So there's a lot we <laughs> Hack because oh, yeah. mm-hmm. you are definitely a unicorn, and I don't use those terms, mm-hmm. but um, yeah. So let's always let's start how we always start. Could you answer my two questions? Why is it important to cause a scene, and how are you causing a scene? It's important to cause a scene because the only way you ever get significant progress made is by disrupting what's present. You overturn the comfort levels that people have with where they are, and you show them, hey, wait. You know, when you put these pieces back together, it's better than it was. Sometimes it takes a short, sharp shock to wake them all up. And I'm causing a scene right now because I feel that the entrenched situation with JavaScript package management is not good for anybody. And I'd like to see a different thing happen. All right. Well, you know, we don't pull any punches on this show, so I don't want to get <laughs> some background. So the first time I met you was at my First, very first tech conference when I spoke at Scotland JS. Oh, was that your first tech conference? Yes. Oh my, whoa! Yeah. Okay. Scotland JS 2016 was my first tech conference, and I met you then. And I don't even think we talked because I was so overwhelmed. <laughs> I remember that. Now you were, yeah, 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 yeah. It was, it was, it was, it was. Um, and I bring that up because. Scotland JS is no longer um, Scotland um, 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 JS Conf EU is no longer in its current form. The places where I really have found community, um, let be honest, let me be honest, white people that I trust. Um, it's like where where are my spaces going? Where are my spaces going? Mm-hmm. Um, it's hard. <laughs> Yeah, because it takes work, right, to to organize a space where people trust you. Um, trust is, God, trust is so valuable and so so often given, and then your your fingers are burned, right? Mm-hmm. Um, yeah, yeah. The the status quo um, believes that trust should be ordained um, on them just by default, right? And and when it isn't, they it gets upset 
But marginalized people understand that to do that, it will come at our harm, will come at our detriment. Okay. Yeah, JSConf EU, the organizers set up an amazing space um, and make it safe for everyone to be there and safe. And then once that's the case, people go. But even there, you had people who were freaking out about the fact that there was um, a space for people of color. And what? Yeah, yeah we've had that. Yeah, I had, I had Simone on because we talked about yeah. that. We had to unpack that yeah. because it was that was a traumatic experience. So the, the, the impetus was to create a space specifically for Black, Indigenous, people of color to go and just for the first time, just fucking relax and breathe. and Without having to have a wall of defense. Yes, up. yes. And we felt so comfortable. We were in there just having a great time. But just to protect the door of that space, how much pushback, how much vitriol, how much I'm white and I deserve to be in this space and why are you excluding me? was so it was so traumatic it was just it's it's and this is and i'm being bringing this up because this is how it is in tech period it's Mm -hmm. it's we have to justify having not only first of all we're not included in spaces and then when we create our own spaces we have to justify why those spaces don't include everybody else it's it's this okay i I gotta talk a little bit about please if I can, a little bit about being a white, white feminist, right? Okay. I'm a white woman in fact. I'm absolutely, look at me, absolutely tasty. Everybody knows I have problems with white women in tech, so let's unpack this. (laughs) (laughs) Right. (laughs) No, and and, 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 um, realizing that even though I have had this fight to be a woman in tech and to be an older person in tech, that doesn't, like, it intersectionality realizing that you're yes you're you're struggling but other people have struggles and it this doesn't detract from either one of you that sometimes the right thing for me to do is just shut up about my stuff and let somebody else have center stage doesn't mean my stuff isn't valid it's just that my stuff is not the only thing and these these moments where you confront your privilege is like what do you mean there's a space in this conference that i can't go to actually there are all kinds of spaces in that conference that people can't go to Exactly. You can't go to the catering space. You can't just right. go the fuck back there. You can't, you can't go to the nursing mother's space. Yes. You can't go to the speaker's room. Like what? What? What is it about this space? Exactly. Oh my god! You just okay. So we haven't even talked right. about that. That is an excellent point. Right. There off there, every space we go, we, there's created spaces that you that are not for you. Why is it the fact that when black indigenous people of color decide to have a space for themselves, white people believe that default by default, they, if they're not invited, there needs to be a, a reason and it's reverse racism or whatever the hell that shit is. I, it's, it's, I, I don't know. I don't understand this fundamentally. Right. Um, uh, and then I, I push myself to try to, to find it in myself too. Like where's, where's my discomfort level Following you on Twitter is amazing to me. Um, I am like it's I I get I get angry a lot when I read things that you post. Um, I learn stuff that I've never known before, and I often feel profoundly uncomfortable because like I get pushed into examining like ways in which, um, as a white feminist, I have stomped on my own feet and made an ass of myself in the past. Okay, great. 
what can I do now, but try to do better now. And it's, it's trying to understand, like, take that moment in myself where I say, okay, wait a minute, that's not fair. Oh no, actually it's not about you, CJ. It's never about you. And realizing that that's what's going on with them. Like it somehow becomes about them. I don't know why, but it's, it's, well, I can tell you why. Yeah. I can tell you why. Because whiteness yeah. is always centered in anything that doesn't center white is not. It's 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 a problem. Yeah. Um, right. That's that's the honest truth that people do not want to wrestle with. And and when they wrestle with it, what they want is like, oh, I got it, and I'm done. And it's like, no, there's always I can always find another button to push for you to like, oh shit, I'm learning this stuff all over again. And mm-hmm. this is why even as a black female over um, at 50 in tech, I recognize that there's some people I need to be quiet and create space for because this is why when the most vulnerable are prioritized, everybody is protected. Right, 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 right. This is, this is, uh, we're rambling a little bit here, but this is, is, is you protect the most vulnerable, you bring them into your space, you give them a place to be who they are and to express what they know, which is not what you know because their experience in life is so fundamentally different. And from this, we make better products. We better, like, what are we here for? We're like, I'm in tech to build things for people. I've been in tech for 30 years because I love building stuff. I'm not everyone. I can't build just for myself. That's a tiny fraction of the world. Um, I need to work with people who tell me what other people's experiences, other people's experiences are. And in order to hear them, I have to sometimes shut up. Can I swear on this podcast? Oh, yes, girl. Yes. Okay. Oh, hell yes. Fuck yes. Okay, yeah, got yeah. it. I have to shut the yeah. fuck up sometimes. There you go. We curse on this podcast. Um, okay. And so, and then this is the thing, and it's, it's, it, this is the, these are the pieces that we miss. And it's not only creating spaces. Right. It, it's about, and this goes back to your, your earlier point about trust. Mm-hmm. Without trust, nothing happens. So you can bring my black ends into your organization, but if I don't trust you, I'm not yep. helping you build shit. I'm going to sit there because every time I open my mouth, you're going to say something or you're going to do something that tells me, you know what, it's not safe to me to challenge what you have to say. And, and, and so you get no value from me as an employee. The reality, the reality is that because of people's past experiences, you have to do better than that. You have to actively build trust. You have to actively build safety. You have to signal in a number of deep, consistent yes. ways that you are, in fact, a safe workplace, um, that, that people are, are not going to get crap. Um, Working, and we have to move yeah. beyond. We have to move beyond assimilation and accommodation. So it's it's not bringing people in and say you need to fit our culture. Fucking fit. That's not what we're saying. It's saying when people come in, your culture needs to shift with every individual that yeah. comes in that space. And this is again, like like I think people often feel like like they're being told they're bad human beings or something. Like okay. <sighs> It's the, it's the hierarchy from identity to behavior, right? Like when you when when people pull things close to themselves, it's very hard for them to take criticism or to think about what they're doing, about like what they've done, and because of its identity, you are a bad person because you messed this up in the past. If you move it to, I did this thing and it wasn't useful, it hurt somebody, then it's it's a little bit further away from you. You can say, oh, I behaved badly. I can fix that. Um, and so if you could just say, okay, these spaces have not been safe in the past, doesn't mean you're a bad person. You could express that you're a good person by actively working to make them better. 
Okay, so let me explain to you why this is why that's a challenge. Because, okay, let's do it. Yeah, yeah let's, let's unpack this. So first of all, it's, it, this is great classroom management because this is how you deal with students. You correct the behavior and not. So it's like you did a shitty thing and this is the shitty, shitty thing we won't do again. But it's not like you're a bad person. So those things are very separate. Right. But the reason white people have a problem with this is because whiteness is an individual and everybody else is a group. Right, right, right. Yes, yes. So. So you have to be a good person. If I say you did something wrong because you're an individual, whiteness takes it as a, I am a bad person. Whereas they can accept me when I do something because now I represent my whole community. Or if I do something bad, I represent my whole community. And so this is the, whiteness has a problem with, with understanding. This is why my default is all whiteness is racist and can't be trusted by default because I don't want to get into these conversations. I don't right. want to, I'm not going to discuss this. It's right. this is where you yeah. are. Because, because now you need to decide on what, the, on the spectrum of racism, are you actively white supremacist or are you actively, as you said, actively anti-racist? Because that's the only way you can build trust and safety for me. Yes. And in, in th- this is the, this is the essence, like the, the hard ro- journey of learning what privilege is for me is realizing it's, it's, it's connected to that assumption of defaultness. I am a default, so I'm an individual. You are other, so you are a group, right? No, let's flip that and see what that feels like from the other side. Oh, that's not comfortable. Guess what? That, that's like, if you're not following Kim on Twitter, why, why are you not following Kim on Twitter? You get this experience for free. It's amazing. Um, but you have to be willing to learn. And, so it, and, it, and it, it, it talks, but it's, it's, it breaks down all these things because, again, it's not again when I and that's why I want to bring that up about the classroom management. Mm-hmm. You're racist by design. That is the you're, the system that you were brought. It's not you didn't create it. You benefit from it, and many of you leverage it to your benefit. Now that's when it's a problem. Those individuals who say, "Hey, I'm seeing this, and I don't want to be complicit, so I'm going to actively work against this." That's one thing. Those who say, you know what, this is a good thing I got and I'm going to keep doing this whether it harms people or not. And then I'm going to play dumb when someone brings that shit up to my attention. Those are the people I like to just go the fuck after. I'm just like, yep. <laughs> yeah, it's time to play. Yep. Well, get get comfortable and then it's time to play. <laughs> my, my entry path for this was, oh God, it's like, okay, I got to fuck up again in my life. I just know it. You know, like, it's, it's fine. I'm like, Okay, CJ, it's fine if you fuck up. What matters is what you do with it and what you, whether you make amends or not and whether you change your behavior or not, right? My path for this, understanding this, this from the point of view as a white feminist, is to look at all how I model men and how I think about like male privilege works and then just turn that around and say, okay, in what ways does that, in what ways does this work for me? In what ways am I acting like that? Yes. Okay. Um, and in an American society, I can't help but be racist. I can't help but benefit from racism. It's like structural. Yes. This is the insight, right? It's not personal, yes. it's structural. Yes. And, exactly. And, and that's why I like to talk about it at a system level, because this is systemic. It's not individual. Uh, most people aren't making the individual choice. Most people are just, I have bought into the system as you and I are having the same experience. Right. And because we're having, and you have this assumption that we're having the same experience, the fact that I'm not at the same place is a default in me instead of the system. Right. Yeah. And this is, this, this insight is, it's constantly ongoing for me. Um, and I work right now. I just, I just got, 
I don't know if it was promoted, demoted, as I'll call it, from a, a technical design position at the company I'm working for to the management of the company I'm working for. I have like 30 people working on a team that I'm on now. And the, the company I'm, I work at now is um, Cannabis Delivery, Legal Cannabis Delivery is in California and Oregon. This, oh boy, you want to walk into an industry that has a rich and fascinating history with American and racist policing and racist yes. laws and what looks like a yes. you know deliberate yes. attempt by the Nixon administration to break the back of um, black political movements by imprisoning their leaders for cannabis crimes. Um, like I'm not even like read about Nixon and drug laws. <laughs> yeah, and then you see now uh, how white people are profiting from this very thing. This and okay, but I'm pointing at myself here. Here's a white person benefiting from this. All right, look at look at the company. Let's look at what the company is doing systemically to do harm reduction in the communities that have been disproportionately policed. To explicitly go out of the way and hire aggressively among people who are underrepresented in tech and overrepresented in those policed communities um, and to not take on all this profit to for white VC-ness. Um, uh, so I'm, I'm looking at the most diverse Silicon Valley company I've seen in ages right now. It's amazing. Oh, wow. wow. Yeah. Okay, well, that talks, that brings us into, so why was I DMing you as a thing? So I suck at that. So I met CJ in 16. I saw CJ. So in 2018, um, was going to be the last um, Scotland JS. Yeah. And CJ is always the closing keynote of Scotland JS. And so um, Peter, who was the organizer, Peter um, was the organizer of Scotland JS, said, Hey, Kim, I have this idea. Um, uh, people don't know that I'm, um, that I'm not doing uh, this, but I'm not going to do this thing anymore. And I've asked CJ. Um, and he's just telling me about it. And he's like, yeah, I've asked C CJ's a closing keynote, but I've asked her if she doesn't mind not being the closing keynote. And I was like, what, what are you talking? Cause I, my talk didn't even get yeah. accepted. So I was like, okay, I won't even be here. Right. So, and so he's like, yeah, so yeah. I want you to be the surprise closing keynote. And I was like, what? <laughs> yeah. I want you to be the surprise closing keynote. And I'm like, what do you mean? He's like, you're not going to be on the schedule. You're not going to be on anything. I just want you to go up because I want to end my conference mm -hmm. um, with a with a, a, a exclamation point of what yep. needs to happen. He absolutely did it too. <laughs> and so you get up and do your closing keynote. Even my friends don't know what's there. Like, yeah. um, like <laughs> they're, they're like, Kim, why are you here? I'm like, because I'm doing my conference. And they're like, okay, yeah, all right. And so... <laughs> So Peter brings it. So CJ ends and everybody's clapping because they're like, oh, this is over. This is great. And so Peter says, hey, if you've ever um, spoken at the conference, come up front. And then he just drops the bomb. I'm not going to be doing this anymore. And everybody's looking like, what the fuck? But I knew what was yeah. going on. So I was like, OK. Um, and then he says, so I'm on the, sta on the stage and he's everybody's giving these applauses. And then he says, what do you do at the end of something? Uh, at the end of a concert, and everybody's like, uh, standing ovation. And then he starts clapping, and then everybody leaves but me. So I know there were some frightened-ass white people right there because they couldn't leave. <laughs> they could not leave. And I talked about that um, tech needed Hippocratic oath. 
<laughs> and it's so funny because I just was like so on a roll. I just said everything. You did. In that talk. And it was so funny because my mom watched it and she's like, are those white people running out at the end? I was like, yes! Pete does an amazing job of just stepping out of the way. He really is one of the sweetest people. Um, he asked me if I minded. And it's just like, shut the fuck up, CJ, and get out of the way for somebody else. Like, no, I don't mind. I've got everything I could possibly want. I don't need more. Everyone in the hashtag call the scene community shares the same common beliefs based on a set of four specific guiding principles. One, tech is not neutral, nor is it apolitical. Two, intention without strategy is chaos. Three, lack of inclusion is a risk and increasingly a crisis management issue. And lastly, but most importantly, four, we must prioritize the most vulnerable. To find out more about the guiding principles and adding them to your Twitter profile banner, please visit hashtag causeascene.com. I don't need more. You can have it. Oh. Yeah, that was, that was one of those amazing moments. Yeah, that was one of those amazing yeah. moments um, where someone who... And, and I love the fact that they don't. He, Jan, mm-hmm. and like the team from... Um, 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 JS Comp EU. They don't call themselves allies, Simone. They don't do that. Yeah, that's, they just that's do all work. I, people who call themselves allies have, in my opinion, in experience, been the most the people to watch out for. I don't know why it is. Like, oh. I, it's, it's something about the need to claim the label, right? I don't know. Well, it's it's again. I'm a good guy. It's the whole. I'm a good person. I'm. A, I, you can't. I, I did this one thing, and it, you can't say that you don't like this thing or this thing didn't help you. Um, because I'm. I'm. Someone told me years ago that I was good at this, and so damn it, I'm going to be good at this, and you can't take that away from me because I'm on your side. Oh, I love those conversations when I'm like, no fuck you aren't. Um, I'm on your side. No, fuck yeah, you aren't. <laughs> no, only you get to say whether somebody's on your side or not, right? And yeah. that's. That's the power thing. It's like, how can you, what, what about what you just said? It's like, if you even sat down and thought about it, as you said, when you think about it as a man, as a feminist, if a man tells you this, mm-hmm. how, how would that make you feel? But, and it's like, people have a hard time self-reflecting. It, it's, it's painful, right? Uh, okay. Like one, it's hard. It's hard to see yourself on the outside. Like it's, why do you, why, why do I pay a therapist? Because that's very hard to do. And I can't like, I need active practice in doing it and often active feedback saying, no, CJ, you were just a really bad spouse to your partner there. Um, you know, from, from that level on. Right. And also it's just like this, this shame thing. Like, of course you feel shame when you when you realize that you've hurt people. I just, so I, I said something homophobic to a friend of mine when I was 19 years old, freaking haunts me. Right. But yeah. it's not about like it, it's not about me. It's about him and how our relationship is now and how he feels now. I should. And it's not about your intention, but your impact. Yep. yep. Yes. Yeah. Uh, okay. So mm-hmm. CJ's on the stage. So mm-hmm. when I get to, when I yeah. get to, um, JSConf EU. Mm-hmm. I'm hearing these 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 whispers. People are like, "Oh my God, Kim, where have you been?" And I'm like, "What the fuck is going on with NPM?" Because I'm like, people are just coming to me, and I'm like, <laughs> I'm 
like, have I, I've, I've been dealing with this so much. I've missed this whole story. And they're like, this person's gone and this thing. And I'm like, what? Oh, yeah. Oh, there was a what? drama explosion. Yeah, exactly. Exactly. So I'm hearing these whispers. And then I, CJ is the closing keynote on the first day. And so I just happened. So I don't, people should know me. No, I don't go to talks. I go to my talk. And then I usually get the hell out of there because it's just too much emotional labor. I'm just tired. Um, yeah, yeah. No, speaking of conferences. Oh, my God, it's exhausting. Um, but I had been hanging out in the BIPOC space. And so I was chilling. So I was like, oh, let me go see CJ. So I'm sitting on the on the little couches to the side. I'm not even in the like the 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 the, the really good seats. I'm just like sitting off to the side. I'm playing on my phone. And CJ starts to talk and I start looking at her slides and I'm like, oh shit. And then she goes, I'm like, oh, whoa, whoa, oh shit. Oh, 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 oh shit. Oh shit. She said it. Oh shit. <laughs> yeah, we're gonna we gotta talk about money, right? Right. Um so let's so I want you to take some time and tell people what this talk was about because I was just like, oh god, dude. I was like, so, damn. Yeah, I I I pitched this talk. I pitched this talk to Jan like late in 2018. Um, it's funny you you talk about like I I go home from Scotland GS to find that my company has a new CEO and everything has changed. I was out very shortly thereafter. Um, but I pitched this talk to Jan Leonard because I thought, okay, I have a version of the story of NPM that is it's unique to me. All of these stories are. Um, like they come with points of view and they come with like imperfect information. But I thought there's an awful lot of people in JavaScript who don't know how NPM came to be, don't know why it's in the position it's in and don't aren't aware that there are options. And at that point I had sort of decided that there needed to be another option. And in December when I pitched the talk, I didn't have another option. All I wanted to do was say to, to JavaScript's users, you take this as a fact of life. But there was a time before it, and there could be a time after it. And you might actually have to contemplate this time afterward, after it because companies don't last forever. Why do companies not last forever? Because, because they exist for a very specific purpose. This is about money. It's about VC capital. We often go to these conferences and we're thinking, um, oh, this is a community experience. We're talking about uh, the fact that we all happen to write websites and this brings us together and we don't often think about the, the we don't often just call attention to the underlying motivations or the flow of capital and all of this and how it affects everything and we don't think about the fact that one company owns all of open source javascript but it has owners and those owners might not be aligned with the needs of the community. I wanted the community to ask the question, okay, is, is this what we actually wanted? It kind of happened and most of us came along after it was a fact, but, but if we had to think about it and make a choice, would we do it that way? What are the, what's, where are the trade-offs, right? Um, so I, I wrote this talk and it was, it was actually kind of depressing. <laughs> You know, I talk about the story of NPM and how the story of like how JavaScript package management, like all language package management, is expensive. Um, people people build a lot of open source software and they just install it from places. They get it from GitHub. It costs them nothing. They don't think about the cost 
of what it takes for that thing to be there in the first place. And those costs are real. I had just lived them for four years. So I, I knew, you know, intimately what it costs for NPM to bring what it brings to the JavaScript community. I thought, let's talk about it. Let's talk about who's making the money from this, who isn't making the money from this, and what control we give up when we let somebody else own it. And so uh, there's, there's a million things to say. I, I didn't say any fraction of them. But I had this incredibly depressing. Well, it, I, so, I thought it was... I was about to say, yeah. it wasn't depressing. <laughs> it didn't end up depressing. It was, it was quite... Yeah. Um, <laughs> Yeah. Uh, energizing, quite, it was quite like, let, yeah, let's go march. Let's do this thing. Let's create this thing. So that was, that was a twist one month before, before the conference, one month before the, the, the date I had to give it. Um, my, my dear friend and colleague, Chris Dickinson, uh, left NPM and I said to him, hey, Chris, you're out now. I have this design document. Could you... Are you maybe interested in taking a look at it? He says, well, I haven't written code in ages. I would just love to do this. And so he, he took my design document and he, um, he gave it back to me with only one sentence remaining for my initial draft. That was the sentence where we should use Semper. <laughs> that, was, that was it. it was literally, he changed everything. Uh, and it was, it, was, it was the most refreshing experience I've had, I had, had in a while. Um, and so one month before um, JS Coffee Utah, Chris and I came up with a design for our federated package ecosystem. Oh, shit. I thought you'd been working <laughs> for a while. No. <laughs> <laughs> we, 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 we wrote, we wrote, um, it was absolutely, it was, it was such pleasure. I, he and I, we wrote a version of the NPM registry of the, the, that used the NPM API. We wrote that. We got it working. And we said, you know what? this isn't the right idea. We threw all our code out <laughs> and then we came, then we came up, we, we wrote the API that was ours. Um, and we, uh, we wrote the federation design doc. And, um, since then have been moving forward very slowly on, um, on, uh, the, the real implementation so much more slowly this time because it has to be built to last. And because I got this terrifying demotion into management, <laughs> she has consumed my brain. Uh, but it's so funny. It, yeah. It's so funny that you talk about that because um, I'm sure you're aware of. Since you follow me, you're aware of the girl development debacle. Oh God! <laughs> yes, and that I'm on. I'm um, the chairman of the board of a new organization called We Pivot. Oh, and yeah, um, that came out of that debacle, and we are moving slow, slowly for that very reason. We're, we're, we're being very deliberate. We're being very intentional. We're being very Think long-term. Yes. Go long-term. Yes. Um, don't go for these short. Yeah. It's, yes. yeah. We, are, we started in the end of last year, beginning of this year, and we're still, we're just at, um, we have some identified beta chapters and we're just, um, trying out because we're doing from a bottoms up strategy, whereas <clears throat> every community, um, and this is where these organizations um, are, are I, I think a lot of them fail in, and fall into the issues that they fall into is, um, although we are, will be a, our national organization, every community is different. 
And so that means that community leads in each community must do a needs assessment. I, if, we're, if we're saying we're prioritizing the most marginalized, I need to see data that tells me what you've done to identify what they, what the, who those individuals are and what they need. Because I can tell you, like Atlanta, we, don't, we're, we have a chapter here uh, run by Alicia Carr. We don't need classes. We got classes coming out of Wazoo. How else can we support the most marginalized in tech community? So each community is going to look different, and that takes time. It's, it's far more work, but up front, up front, it's far more, yep. exactly. Yep. Because we have a needs assessment, and then that information is going to be funneled. And what the national or, or what we're doing as a board, our role is to support mm-hmm. what the communities are saying, so that. Um, Communication um, processes are in there. Um, legal processes are in there. Financial processes are in there. We have 501c3, all those things. So they don't have to worry about those things. You just have to do the work on the ground. Mm-hmm. And that takes time. Structures. It's, been, it's about structures yes. where people can... I mean, every, well, everybody for me, it's about it's got to be about processes, procedures, mm-hmm. and, and, and policies. Because most people currently do not have a pro, uh, business or organize, what they have is an organization and a product or service. They do not have a business because there's no pro, there's nothing that's replicatable. There's nothing. I mean, <laughs> it's like they're making shit up, the same shit up every time it happens. It's um, this is such a waste of time. Someone has done this before. Learn from them. Write a process. Yes. Re- write it down. Exactly. It. Yeah. <laughs> You want to automate the human out of every damn thing, but you can't do that. <laughs> but, you can't. but you know, this is this is how we this is how we do things more effectively. You know, it's yeah. use this freaking automation to do good things, or just just don't reinvent wheels, people. You don't have to disrupt yes. everything. Well, and, and 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 this is one thing I, I tweeted about this the other day. Um, unfortunately, mo- much of the innovation that happens in tech has a negative, uh, adverse um, effect on marginalized communities. Oh, good. What was what was the essay? It was uh, five truths about tech. It was in like every disruptive technology hurts someone. It takes something away from someone. Um, this this. God, I have to find this essay and send it to you because yes, because this it. idea it that balls. tech is, yeah. is is perfect and it's the it's the equalizer. It's a no, it's not. It's it's even if we had the most diverse teams providing the most diverse solutions, tech is going to supplant something. <laughs> yeah, well, you're audit, you're automating, right? This automates people out of a job. Like it's very obvious. Like the very classic example is the manufacturing sector in the United States, which it's. It, manufacturing is coming back to the U.S., but it looks very different. Very different. Mm-hmm. Um, and this is inevitable. The people who will invent this disruption will tell you, because they have built-in incentives to tell you this, it's, it's fine, it's great, it's an unalloyed yes. good. But in fact, there's always, there's always winners and losers. Um, someone gains by that automation. Someone and, that, loses. and that's why I beat people over the head with tech is not neutral and it's definitely, definitely not apolitical. Um, did, you, did you see the article in The Verge where they interviewed the man who in, built the retweet button for tweet, Twitter? Yeah, he, he yeah. says, yeah, he's like, oh, I made a mistake. And I'm yeah, like, because you don't think he... he I think he woke up after the fact that, oh, wait, taking friction away from this action had a whole set of consequences. It wasn't an unalloyed good. The same thing that lets me retweet that, that cute picture of a pair of lynx kittens mm-hmm. also lets people retweet absolute crap. 
Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. But the thing, though, is there's another part of that. People have people who are the most marginalized have learned, figured out ways to adapt to that. Um, and so that it's we've learned um, we've we, we've come up with strategies like, OK, we understand because we've always had challenges in everything we do. So we like, OK, if this is the playing field. How do we make how do we make this work for us? And so you wanted to reexamine the, the likes and the retweet button is not the issue. My issue is everybody's everybody's. Um, um, language or conversation is not equal. It's that, that's what I need you to deal with. I need you to deal with the harmful, racist, bigoted bullshit on there and leave the retweet and the like button. The leave, once you get that taken <laughs> yes. care of, we can yeah, deal with all the, the other stuff. It was because the fact it's, but again, and, and I'm, oh, as I'm talking yeah. through this, the reason that the retweet button is a problem is because it's, a, it's an effect of the fact that you treated all language the same. Yes. Everybody the same. So it's not, don't put it on the damn retweet button. The retweet button is not the problem. It was the conditions and the understanding of the privilege and the lack of perspective to, yeah. to, to believe that, Oh, every all language is equal. Let's be centrous. And so that's how you got that out of hand. Same thing with bots. Same thing with a whole bunch of stuff. You don't need somebody's um, birth name to uh, um, to verify them. So you don't have to out somebody. You had they. Everybody has to damn have the email to get on there. Why the fuck are some people have the blue check? Isn't blue check? You said it was for verification. Why the fuck did I have to do it three times and still not get verified? Because you told me all it was was to prove that I'm who I am. What else yeah. can I give you, ass, besides what the fuck I gave the government to get my passport to, to prove that I'm who the fuck I am? Why are so many men verified and so many women? Oh, my God. Trouble, right? And, like, now, and, now, yeah. and not only that, but now since they've stopped the, since they've quote unquote stopped verifying, why are the um, people who are getting verified no people at Twitter? So now you've created a worse situation. Yeah. The Twitter, Twitter is an absolutely fascinating example of this, like the, the, po- the political choice to say free speech is an absolute, right? That's kind of the early Twitter founders like thing. Free speech is an absolute. The problem with that is, of course, that they're white, guy, they're white men. Their, their default experience of the world is radically different from the majority around them who have a very different experience. Um, uh, dec- refusing to, to suppress speech that they find unwelcome actually means that the diversity of speech is reduced because people... Um, People are silenced. People are afraid to speak. People are brigaded off exactly, the Exactly, because the tools you put into place for that have been used against the people who are speaking out against it. You end up with less speech rather than more. Is that actually what they wanted? Probably not, but can you get them to think that way? I don't think anyone has succeeded to get Jack Dorsey to think about it. No, because every time Jack has yeah. an interview or t- he talks about shit that doesn't matter to me, I'm like, dude, yeah. how the fuck did your parents get um, verified? What the fuck? I don't care if they're on Twitter. Why do they need to be verified? It's people coming after who the hell are they? If they can be verified as Jack's mother and father, why the hell can I be verified as Kim Crane? So at this point, I can give a fuck about being verified. I actually can give a fuck about followers because what I found is um, I have, what, 606,000 and some followers. I'm going to tell you only 10% of them are actively engaged, actually support me financially or whatever. The rest of you, the rest of these lazy ass people are just hanging on and doing that and getting a free education and giving absolutely nothing back and being the parasites that most people are. 
And I, that's just me. So I, I don't care about Twitter followers. So you can take them. They ass to. Um, they mean absolutely nothing to me. I'm a black woman running the business. If you're not helping me financially or getting me into a community or net, helping me network to build my business, all I, all this is a one-way street. And, eh, and I'm like, yeah, I can take that away from you anytime I damn want to. You absolutely can. Mm. Uh, tell people, uh, that's why I started that um, on the homepage. Uh, it's, it's just like PBS. If you believe in this work, you can sponsor me for $100 a month. This community has it. And no, I'm not lowering it because there are enough people who can afford $100 a month that the people who can't, you're subsidizing them as well. You're lazy, sorry ass people. I'm giving you shit for free. You could, well, I'm not giving it for free. I need, you need to support it because this is the problem. You, people want inclusion and diversity until it means you have to do something. It's not even giving up something because most people in tech piss away $100 in, in, a, in the evening. Yeah. Go out, and, go out and eat sushi in San yes. Francisco. There's 100 yeah. bucks gone. Exactly. Yeah. This is a friend and I challenged each other to do a, a, a matching matching political donations thing. And she, she named a sum and I thought, oh, that's I'll notice that money, and then I'm like, yeah, that's the fucking point. You'll notice that money. Let's 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 let's. You're rich, literally, like wealthy white person in tech. At this, mm-hmm. I'm over fifty. I'm making good money. This is makes me remarkably unusual in the United States. Mm-hmm. I can move it away. Yeah, so I so I expect you yeah. to start sponsoring. Okay. Yeah, that's just it. I, just, I expect you mm-hmm. to start sponsoring the podcast. And how does one sponsor you, Ken? It's on the, it's on the homepage. HashtagCallToScene.com. There's a, a sponsorship button right there. It's $100 a month. Yep. Mm-hmm. Boom. There you go. Um, but I want to talk about more about this federation because what problems as it is it actually solving? Because we right. really got into it in the talk and I really want people to understand because I'm having this conversation now with these VC-funded boot camps. Um, because I see, I see a real issue, a, a misalignment with how Lambda School in particular, right? Yeah. Yes. How 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 effective learning happens when it's a, when it tries to align with VC money. <laughs> this is this is this is an interesting trade off: the centralization versus federation trade off. Okay, we were just talking about Twitter. This is a great launching point, right? Twitter is centralized. This is extremely convenient for everyone using Twitter. You sign up on one place, you get a bunch of apps, they, Twitter introduces a new feature, it's introduced everywhere all at once. Um, they scale it. Now that they've solved that problem, you, you, know, you tweet and 100,000 people see it in seconds, which is quite frankly in a, a great technical achievement. Um, and all that is possible because they centralize. They have one server, they manage everything. But this has a downside in that that the those that bank of servers, the mass collection of things that is Twitter, um, is super freaking expensive to run. It costs a lot. And one rule: Jack Dorsey gets to decide what is acceptable speech for everyone on his platform, and he gets to ban people for quoting the Princess Bride. Uh, just literally something that happened to someone in the. Wider Twitter circle. Oh yeah, they they, they <laughs> I, I got the first time I got um, banned was because somebody came after me and I told them to go play in traffic and they reported me for inciting suicide. Yeah, yeah, that's 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 not that was not the meaning of your speech. Um, yeah, <laughs> particularly when you attack me. I, there's my, hell if you if I was going to be banned, I would have said something much worse than that. Then go play. Okay, traffic. right. <laughs> yeah. So 
So, okay, centralization Twitter. What do you do about it? There's this this um, this thing called Mastodon over over exists in 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 the world right now. Like thousands and thousands of people using Mastodon. It uses an open API called um, Activity Pub in the charming way we all we have of naming our specs. Um, and anyone can run a Mastodon instance set up rules for themselves about what they allow and what they don't allow, set up rules about like what content they allow in and what they don't allow in. And at the same time, because everything's using the same API, you can trade messages back and forth. So most of the time, I'm not actually posting on Twitter. I'm posting on Mastodon and talking to Mastodon people on a wide variety of servers, uh, all of which are like, catering to their own groups and they might have entire communities that exist that I can't see because mm-hmm. they're over there doing their thing, but we can interact. And so that's federation. It's actually a really old fashioned idea for the internet. The internet in, at its start was far more like this. Email in essence is federated. There's no one single central email server. There are millions of email servers that talk the same API that exchange messages all the time. Usenet, um, a very old internet uh, concept, was another like federated thing where you had a set of rules for trading messages around. Uh, um, and the reason the early internet did this is centralization was like literally impossible. There wasn't enough bandwidth for everyone to go to web, one website or one thing, one server and get all the email. You had to distribute the load because it was cheaper and everyone that just used less bandwidth for you. You only needed the bandwidth for what you wanted to read. Because now I'm thinking about, this is when I've seen in my internet history, when it was at colleges and it was when it was at university, the government. Yeah. Okay. Yeah, exactly. It wasn't, it wasn't, it was still expensive by modern terms because like, like having an internet connection, being on the internet was unusual. But it was. But the the packages, the gold jumped and it wasn't like a straight shot. Right. Exactly. Yeah. Um, but we saw in the 2000s and through the teens this huge, huge centralization push because it's just convenient. It's much more easy to just go to Facebook where everybody is than to run your own blog or post on Tumblr or post. Okay. App. Okay. So now you're, okay. Let's see. I love these conversations because now you're talking about, this is why I went on medium and now why the fuck I'm coming off medium and putting yes, on. My yes. Box. Yes. This is exactly it. Same yes, thing. I don't like. Yes. Yes. Medium was fine. And now they're acting ass, um, trying to sue people mm-hmm. and all kinds of craziness. And so medium is medium is the same. It's the same thing as the NPM story. Again, like medium is a, okay. All right. It's, PC and one of the early Twitter people, Biz, who the heck is that? That's Ev, Ev Williams. Mm-hmm. Um, he sold Blogger, Blogspot or something to Google. He's been doing, he's been in reinventing the same thing over and over again. But Medium has a profit motive, right? And they're making these changes now. They're requiring people to have a login in order to read the, the messages and to interact with them because they need a way to monetize. Why do they need a way to Monetize? Oh, because it's expensive. Yeah, but and also they make it. This is one of these. So I coming off, and I want to go back to the free account. Mm-hmm. Why can't I find the shit that I get that it would cancel my membership? Why can't I find it? Why the shit is that? Why is that so hard to find? Oh, go to because you signed up with um, iTunes. It's not in iTunes. Where the hell is this? Why? Why can't I stop giving you my money? 
go ahead. That was just me ranting. Yeah. <laughs> what incentive did they have to make it easy for you exactly. to stop giving exactly. money? <laughs> exactly. And you can always see the you can for some for me, I can always see the the trajectory, the the point when if they haven't had VC money before or or and it's different, but I can always see the point in the in the in the operations, not in the business model, because most of them are still trying to figure out the fucking business model. But you can always see in the operations yeah. when it's time to start paying VC back, or when because yeah. they yes. start doing this strange shit. That's like, wait a minute, where yes. is this coming from? It doesn't. Yes. It doesn't Good. align with anything they've ever done in the past. They've just suddenly had a. Re- a reality check where they tried to get another round of funding and we're told, nope, your numbers don't look good enough. You got to change them. Same thing was exactly true with MPM, by the way. There was a moment where they were trying to raise another round. The VC said, nope, you got to hire a new CEO in order for us to trust you. This is, this is a completely typical move, right? Um, at that point, they brought in a new CEO who's got, who, who wants the pivot, right? Um, MPM as a company was always, uh, it was very mission driven. All of the people I hired were mission driven. I was myself hired because of the mission, which is run the, run the public JavaScript registry. That was the only thing that mattered to me really. Um, it was an absolutely fascinating experience. I have, I've had a blessed career. I'll say this to anyone who asked, I've worked with some amazing people. I mean, I, the fact I, that the first, uh, first, were you, um, cause I know, um, Raquel Velez. Raquel was second, and you were third. Or uh, no, it was it was Raquel was the first employee, and I was yeah. the second employee. Yes, yeah, okay, so I had it wrong. So it's like the first the first two employees were women, yeah, and one was a woman of color. So yeah. it's like, that right when you said that because I didn't know that, and when you said that, I was like, so Rocky was the first. <laughs> oh yeah, yeah, she was number one. <laughs> oh, I love Rocky. Slack now, and I hope she made some money. Yes, I love Rocky. Yes, <laughs> yes, yes, yes. I actually met her the first time at Scotland Chess. See, that's what I love about Scotland. It's like that was my like. Ah. <laughs> she she was your your company culture is set by the time you're ten people. They say, and I kind of believe it. Rockbot was hugely influential on on MPM culture as it originally was. The fact that it was not a drinking culture, it had chocolate in the office, not beer. Um, that that we intentionally attempted to use inclusive language. Um, everywhere we had a guys jar or if you accidentally said guys to refer to a gen- mixed gender group of people dollar in the jar and uh, you know and eventually this it's like it, it serves its purpose you start thinking about the words you're using to to refer to groups of people and, and just consciously controlling it in ways that like I don't I personally don't care about guys or I didn't when I got started on that but I'm like okay she wants this I'll do it. Now I like, I feel like that was the revelation. Like, Oh shit. Yeah. Being conscious about language is maybe it's a little bit of work, but it's not, it's no skin off my nose. Exactly. Someone else feels better. I'm going to do it. Yeah. I had a conversation with somebody recently about that. And I was, he's in the military. And I was like, dude, you coming out in two years. Um, I need you to practice your civilian language. So, So, so if they, so if they like, if they want they, and you think it's incorrect English, who the fuck created English? White people. So if they, this person says that they are they, and they are a singular person to you, they are a fucking they. (laughs) That's just how it goes. That's like, 
don't be rude. Yeah. These things are mystifying to me now. I don't, I definitely, my time at NPM moved me, changed me positively in these ways. I'm now ready to articulate and to publicly share my need to shift from causing the scene. Currently this work, this push for equity, for minimizing harm, and for prioritizing the most vulnerable is collectively viewed by many as noise, bullying, troublemaking, as contrarian for controversy's sake, rather than what it is, a necessary evolution for the overall health and well-being of those who work for us, partner with us, buy from us, invest in us, and society as a whole. My focus from this day forward is to forge a path to welcoming and psychological safety in systems, institutions, and policies at scale because I will no longer put new wine into old wineskins. My team and I will be spending the next few months making the necessary changes to ensure that my new commitment to doing the proactive work of leading a movement framed by the guiding principles and seen through an anti-racist lens strategically happens with a relaunch on Juneteenth. To be kept informed of our progress, please follow me on Twitter at K-I-M-C-R-A-Y-T-O-N-1, Kim Creighton 1, and on our new Kim Creighton's Community Cafe Discord server. When I started Hashtag Cause a Scene in 2019, it was out of my frustration that no one was listening. Now that you're listening, it's time to get to work. Thank you for the years of support, and I'll meet you on the other side. Have a wonderful day. Changed me positively in these ways. And that's what, that's why I was so shocked, because I had heard so many great things about NPM, and it seemed yeah. like it turned on the dime. It was like... It, it did. I, yeah, it was like, I was hearing these great things, and now that I know what you said, you came back from Scotland JS, and when you came back, it was a new CEO. I'm like, oh, shit, no wonder. <laughs> Well, you know, and it turns out it turns out that like people, I'll just say I gotta be very careful here. Yes, people who call themselves allies aren't necessarily always allies. Mm-hmm. Sometimes it's just a PR thing that they're oh, doing in, yes. to attract people to their company so that they can hire them for less money than yes. usual. Yes. Oh my God. Yes. That's <laughs> I got. So that's when people ask me how the hashtag cause a scene start. It was because I got sick of people wanting me to do, because I'm first of all, not inclusion and diversity specialist, but people wanted mm-hmm. me to talk about these things at these conferences and all dry, flying me around the world. Um, and then trying to do the hallway track and pick my brain. And I'm like, no, that's a consulting fee. I'm not answering that question for free. But then you don't hear anything else. It's like, oh, rah, 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 this is so great. And then they do absolutely, that shit happened to me. I was so mad at um, Node community, oh, the Node.js community. Oh, I was so mad at them. I did keynote at two Node conferences in 2017, Interactive and um, November. And it was right after... Rod had the blow up on Twitter. And right, yes, exactly. And so I specifically, um, um, oh, No God. Foundation brought okay. me into to keynote, Note Interactive, had all these people on the ComCom team, all these great, all, oh yeah, we're going to interview you. I mean, we're going to hire you, da 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 da. Never hear a fucking peep from these individuals. Nothing. Yeah. Yeah. The Note community, uh, Note, particularly the Note Foundation, had some rocky times there. Yes, absolute stand-up human being, Tracy is. 
Now, I love Tracy. Oh, love Tracy. Yeah, I will also say <laughs> nice things about Miles Borens, who has very yes, she brought me. She's the one who brought me in. Yeah, methodically playing the long yes. game. Yes. Yes. Yeah, and he's and, just um, yes, tyranny also bit and bang another yes, really and tyranny when he was um, there. They have methodically fixed it. Yeah, yeah. And again, these are people, that's what I love about going to these conferences, because you get to see these these individuals that you meet that just have this, like, because I remember last uh, 2018, um, in um, mm-hmm. um, JSConf EU, Miles was DJing. I, I, I've heard Miles DJ at an at a early Node camp. Um, th- this was sort of the heartbreaker for me. I Node was... This is going to sound funny, but Node was my first experience with open source. And uh, it, my very first tech conference, community tech conference, was Cascadia JS. It was, the, mm. my, it was followed my very first tech conference, which was Node, NodeConf and, and that little camp in Marin. And, you know, all of these people were so welcoming to me. And I, I met Rod Vag at my very first one. And he, he knew my name. He said, oh, you wrote a module that used this because that's how small the community was. Mm-hmm, it, was mm-hmm. it, just, it was just such a shocker to realize, wait, <laughs> this guy, what happened to him? Yes. No. Where did all this come from? It's, and see, that's why was I have to there, challenge you. Was white there yes, exactly. That's why I challenge yeah. you. Because it, yeah. people are always waiting for the other sh- or surprised when the other shoe drops. There is yeah. no problem to this shit. White supremacy is designed to get worse. So yes, these in the, these individuals, it was comfortable for him to hide. Well, I'm not even gonna say hide it. it, it these individuals didn't it, because the codes of conduct. Because his issues were codes of conduct, and so when he there weren't codes of conduct, you didn't you didn't make him uncomfortable. It's in when you mm. start doing things that say, well, we might want to rethink this behavior that it becomes these in th- that this part of these individuals come out. It's like everybody's like, well, we weren't, the, the, it's just in the U- U.S. The, we're, uh, this country is different. Yeah, no, it's different for white people. This is the same shit that black people have been dealing with. So it's new for you, but it's not new for us. So that means you've been t- completely oblivious to the lived experiences of millions of people. And it's like, oh my God, I can't believe this happened. You can't? Really? You really? You, really, you, you can't. It was, it was there. That, it was there all along. It, all yeah. along. All along. So some, I saw something today talking about some, the uh, GOP is different from it was 30 years ago in Reagan. No fuck it wasn't. It's the same. They just had hoods on back then. There's no difference. No, Reagan, they, they used code phrases for their Exactly. Yeah, the president, we, the president... Now it's just, you know, he just flat out. And I love it. Oh, keep talking, dude. Keep talking. Keep showing all the shit. Just please, please. I love it. Every time he gets on, I'm like, yeah, this is who you people are. And if you don't like this, then you better do something. Because he's going to be president again. I've said it. We've got kids in concentration camps. Mm-hmm. We are as Americans. We yep. are not better than that. That is exactly it's how bad who we, we are. are. Exactly. Mm-hmm. You didn't care when they were, uh, when they, they've taken black babies from moms for years over this. Let's go back to cannabis and all this. You didn't mm-hmm. care about the drug mm-hmm. epidemic when it was crack. But now that it's opioids, we have to put all this money in and give a fuck about it. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Okay. Whatever. That's happening to white people. Okay. Uh. <laughs> Suddenly, suddenly we have to medicalize yes. instead of yes. put in prison. Instead of criminalize it. Exactly. Yeah. Exactly. Yeah, exactly. Uh, I, 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 oh God. <laughs> Gotta love it. Gotta love I, it. I, I'm just sweeping, you know. 
Yeah. Well, see, and that's why, but I don't, people like, how do you stay optimistic? Because I could not have this show. I could not have this movement. I could not have be doing any of this. When I met you, I was talking about mentoring. The, mm-hmm. the election hadn't happened yet. Yes. I could not be having these conversations if it were, weren't for the results of that re- election, because people were still saying, oh, hell, we're post-racial. We had a president. Like president. Why are you talking about race? Why are you being so sensitive? We don't have racism anymore. Blah, 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 blah. And now I can just look and smile in your face and say, fuck you. Yeah. I don't, it's, it's really hard for me to believe anybody would say that. Like yeah. that is we're a post-racist. Well, I, I don't think they believe it. So clearly not true. Well, I don't know. Well, I don't see again. You're giving whiteness the benefit of the doubt. If, you, if whiteness does, if whiteness is never examined, you don't see it. So you don't have to see it. You don't see my, you again, believe that we're all having the same experiences. And if Kim says that something happened to me, then it must have been Kim. What did you do? What that, that never happens to me. What, what, what do you, what you must've done something. The, the, this is, it's so insidious. All of this stuff, like the, 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 the questions I was reading just this morning. Um, VCs ask women founders different questions. They ask, what are the risks of women founders? And they ask the male founders, what are the upsides? Mm-hmm. Okay. I want to see that study on what they do with found, founders who aren't white. Mm-hmm. Or well, yeah, they, could give a fuck a, they could give a fuck about founders in a way. They think we don't even exist. So, yeah. <laughs> because you know, it's it's this. This is where it lies. It lies in the unconscious questions and in the things that come out when you're not thinking. In the the questions you ask like that. I, growth mindset, man. I talk about this periodically. Like how, I think the only way we can survive in this situation is the growth mindset. Things can get better. We personally can change. It might be work, but it's possible. And this is the reason I'm just I, I, I try to keep people optimistic when I when I am in and when I'm in my moments of giving a fuck. It's we're trying to create something that was never meant to exist. We will mess up. We will make mistakes. We are all trying to figure this out. We just need to. If you prioritize the most vulnerable, these are the these are the guiding principles of hashtag cause a scene prioritize the most vulnerable um tech is not neutral strategy um intention without strategy is chaos and um lack of inclusion is a risk management issue if you can remember those four things when you're doing the work we'll get there lack of inclusion is 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 a risk is a is is causing risk that's like one of the one of your themes that i i just love um i think about that one pretty often like whose point of view am i not representing here Mm -hmm. This point yeah, who of view can, who can be harmed? Yeah. Who can be harmed that I didn't even know about because I don't have any idea of that perspective. It's like you're sending Tatiana and I talked about this. That you keep sending canaries down the coal mine. They keep not returning, and you keep sending them down. At some point, it's like fuck. There's something going on in the coal mine. <laughs> yeah, 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 yeah. You're 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 you're, you're killing canaries. Maybe you should. You've got the signal. Hang up the phone and do something about it, right? Yeah. yeah. Instead, um, of, instead of, okay, well, we need more data. Can you prove that this is your experience? And when, oh, when they start that, that's when I'm just like, no, bitch, I don't have to prove my damn lived experience to you. When someone from a marginalized community says they're being harmed, just believe them the first time. Yeah. You worry about, well, I'll just worry about false accusations. Oh, no. What about the person who's being harmed by the accusation? Oh, God damn it, you're centering the wrong person. 
Um, that's what's that's what's that that's that's what whiteness does. That's what white supremacy is all about. Because it's, it's the default, right? Yes, yeah. exactly. That's why I don't say I'm a um, I'm African American. I am a U.S. citizen. I'm a black person in the U.S. Because uh, U.S. is the default. We use American yeah. as the default for there's a North, mm-hmm. Central, and South America. So why are we using this as a default uh, uh, globally? English is the default. Um, there's so many privileges we have as U.S. citizens yes. that are the default yes. internationally that benefit us in so many different ways. I, I, th- I think about this when I think about, um, okay, climate change. Climate change and energy usage and resource usage. It is if either of us as American citizens, U.S. citizens, attempt to do anything about our energy usage we have such a freaking hard time to do it because of the society around us that sets it, sets it up. It's very hard for us to be anything but absurdly wasteful compared to, um, to, to people in, in nations without our like resources overflowing at us. It's, it's like, it's structural around us. Again, like I keep going to these structural metaphors to try to bring it home. Well, the, yeah. I'm happy you're doing it because I need people to understand these, these are systems. And yeah. this is another reason because so even when the climate change are, um, conversation or argument, um, you have these white liberals who are now, oh, let's talk about climate change. And then they get upset with, with mm-hmm. um, particularly black people. And we're like, you know what? Climate change issue is a nice to have, but we need you to stop killing us in the street. That's a must. So... Um, because you don't have those issues, you can focus all your fucking attention on climate change. We'll get there. I mean, we ain't holding you up, but we like to not, I like to leave, come back home safely every day. Yeah. Um, And I get shot and then have, get shot, get shot on film and then have nothing done about it. Yeah. And people still debate what I did to deserve that. Yeah. I would like that to stop before we, I can even think about climate change. Um, so yeah, I, climate change, I, I hate to see the pl- plastics in the ocean. I hate to see all these other things. But you know what? I can't see the plastic in the ocean if I get pulled over or I get shot because some damn white man decided I said the wrong thing that was... Oh, here's, this is Maslow's hierarchy of needs. Yes, right? exactly. Right? This basic survival stuff is exactly. here. And then, you know, this this thing that matters is above and that. So, and it goes get- back to when you were talking about intersectionality. When you only have... And this is my problem with feminism because... Feminism is, and this is why it defaults to white feminism, because when you expect and often demand that I only focus on gender, what you're saying is you're erasing the other parts of me that are har- that are potentially harmful. And from a black woman, I don't get I don't get harassed or whatever for my gender. It is my race. So this is how white feminism happens when you, so because every, so it's like, oh, we're going to, we're only going to talk about those things we have the same. Well, you only have the one fucking thing. So you have all the energy the world, the world talk about gender. I got, I got to fight on two front fronts. Uh, it, it, this, this, this in particular was uncomfortable for me. Um, uh, following you is, is confronting this. And then, you know, you do some reading on the history of, of feminism, you realize, oh, look, hella racist there. Um, the, the suffrage, yes. I read this amazing article in the New Yorker about the history of the suffrage movement, which had its absolutely inclusive it strike. Started, started. Yes. And, and then, then it, they got to choose. They got to choose and they prioritized whiteness. Yes, yep. they did. 
And this, after having these like um, Native American peoples as models for inclusive societies and having black women in key figures in the early suffrage movement, they just yep. erased it. Because they said that black men were going to get the vote. And, oh, nope. Oh, nope. nope. We can't have, have that. that. Nope. Yeah. yeah. And see, that's my thing. That's why I say whiteness is so fucking ignorant. You're ignorant of your own history by design. You've been fed this history that, you know, it, whiteness is always the victim or the hero. It is never the oppressor. So when I say you're an oppressor, then that you have to go in attack mode and it becomes an individual. So now you're, again, we're circling back. How, I'm a good person. I can't be an oppressor. I'm either hero or victim. But guess what? It's not about you, the human. It's not about you individually. It's about the category. It's about the structure. It's about well, you know, yeah. it could be it could yeah. be you as an individual if you if you also accept that it's me as an individual, and that's the problem because you don't accept me as an individual. It's never so. That's why I tell people it's never about fucking equality. I don't need equality. I if there's no way in hell you're gonna I'm gonna ever be equal to a white man in tech because he has too many privileges that I need his ass to go to sleep like Rip Van Winkle. Don't wake the fuck up. I get access to his money, his his network, his 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 education, all this other shit. And the if he false ever, assumptions that people make when they talk to him that he's competent. Yes, don't all necessarily those you. Exactly. Yeah. All those things. And then if he ever wakes up, that he crawls while I'm running. There's no way because if he ever gets to my speed, he's gonna pass me because of all those things. Yeah, yeah. This is <laughs> It's it's so hard to get through to people. It, I don't know. It's it was I. I'm sure there are ways in which I'm just failing to get it even now. But it's like, wait, it's not your fault. This is what the invisible knapsack is. You aren't aware of this, but it's real and it's there. The structural benefit that you have that the people around you don't. If you care about that, it's up to you to actively take steps to put give boosts to people. Yes. I don't care whether they deserve well, it. That's why I, 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 I'm not impressed with these people. Oh my God, these white men in tech who have, you know, the 50K or plus followers and want to say, well, yeah, what I do when someone asks me to speak is I say, well, give my speaking opportunity. Shut the fuck up. I don't want your handoffs. What I want you to create some shit for me. I don't need you to say, oh, I'm not going to speak or donate that money. No, I need to, when somebody comes to you, says, you know what? Kim needs to be not only speaking there, but she needs to be paid that and da 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 And now what else am I going to do? Oh, I, have, I know some people in my network who can benefit from Kim's work. That's how I'm going to benefit. I don't need no fucking speaking agreements. I mean, speaking things. Yeah. Conferences. Mm-hmm. That's a one-shot deal. I need you. If you're willing, okay, let me speak directly to white people in privilege who think they're doing something in tech. If you're not, and this goes to um, Black Tech Twitter, uh, um, um, Paris, there's a um, young black woman who's doing uh, Black Tech, um, Black LinkedIn. If you, all, all us individuals, if there's something you want us to do, I would say, hey, Kim, let me, let me DM Kim, let me email Kim and say, hey, I have this network. How can I fit you into this network? Who can I connect you with? That's what the fuck I need. Hmm. I'm not impressed with a speaking engagement. I get my own goddamn speaking engagements. People should be people should be knocking down your door trying to get you to talk. No, they don't, baby. You know how I, you know good damn well that not. I make people way too uncomfortable. <laughs> I get freaking wrong. I get um 
um, reported for code of conduct violation. Damn near every conference I'm at, speaking. Yes, you babe. are fucking. No. Uh, I shouldn't be surprised. Exactly. See, I need you to stop being surprised. <laughs> no, you're right. You're right. I shouldn't be surprised. Of course they do it. I get. Yeah, I, I can. And I know why. Yes, and their reason is, and it's so funny because they'll say, "Kim," I'm like, "Yeah, what did they say?" Either she made me uncomfortable. This was inappropriate. It was the same shit. That's why my third slide is always. My, my content warning is I'm here to make white people uncomfortable. I let you know up front that you're going to be uncomfortable. But that's their, that's the reason. So not sexual harassment, none of the things that are serious. It's right. because I made them uncomfortable and they thought it was inappropriate. I get, so yeah, no, I'm not for everybody and I understand that. The difference um, between punching up and punching down is very hard for a lot of people. Yeah. So that's what, so everybody who hears this, you are not helping me if you're not helping me scale this message. Now, there's absolutely, I could care less about, if you're not introducing me to your network, I'm not impressed. Yeah, I'm not, yep, I'm not impressed. And that's, that's the problem. That's why I could give a shit about 16, I mean, 6,000 followers, because shit, 5,900 of them ain't doing shit. (laughs) (laughs) Uh, I'm not doing enough. It's okay. No, you're not. You're not. No, of course I'm not. Right? Like, Like, it's like. I don't know if there's ever going to be a spot in which I, I could ever say I've done Nope, enough. it's not. Yeah. And that's what I need, people. There is no finish line. There is no finish line. When death comes over us, then we are done. Well, then, no, I don't say that because I hope you left a legacy that continues on and it helps benefit other people. Yeah. Let's try to think about that. Like, what, what really matters to me more than anything else? Lifting up everyone around me in whatever way I can and being lifted up by them. Because it's reciprocal. Because it's reciprocal and we all end up higher up than we were. We like, get there together or we don't get there at all. Yes. This. <sighs> so what would you like to say in your final moments on the show? <laughs> <laughs> well, you know, I'm, I'm hiring. I need some infrastructure people. I need some, I need some, you know, web developers. I need some people who know how to write Go services in the back end. Come work for a legal cannabis company in San Francisco where you won't be the first or the only person. Is it remote or you have to be in San Francisco? Um, I am hiring people who aren't in San Francisco. Cool. It's a little bit of an easier sell because I'm introducing the concept of distributed work to this, good, good, to this company. Good, 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 because good. the Lord knows um, it is better. Yeah, because people have don't to work in this Exactly. exactly. You won't be the first. You won't be the last. You won't be even the second person. <laughs> who isn't a 20-something white guy in tech. <laughs> great. Well, CJ, this has yeah. been a great conversation. I, uh, <laughs> I, I think, yeah. I hope, we run to, I hope we run into each other at more conferences. Any one time you want to take a keynote from me, do it. And anytime you have a chance to listen to this woman talk, take it. Because she will blow the roof off. Well, thank you so much. I really appreciate it. I will not right. deny that. I am the fucking greatest. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> thank you and have a wonderful day. Thank you. All right. Thank you for listening to this week's episode of the Hashtag Causing Podcast. And I'd like to thank all our current sponsors of the podcast and the Hashtag Causing Movement. Of course, we strongly encourage everyone to become an individual sponsor of the Hashtag Call the Scene community. Just visit the website at HashtagCallTheScene.com to sign up today. On behalf of everyone here at Hashtag Call the Scene, we'd like to thank you again for listening to today's show and have a wonderful day.